Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here on Voice of Adoptees podcast. I am joined this evening with a uh, young gentleman out in Oregon, Alex Smith, who was adopted, uh, and he's going to be sharing his story with us this evening. Welcome, Alex. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Uh, so let's uh, start from the beginning. Tell us about yourself, what you're up to. Um, my name is Alexander Smith. I'm currently 34 years old. I'm a construction worker in Portland area, and I... I'm enjoying this beautiful weather right now. All right. Well, that's hey. There's something positive, right? Um, is it raining? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. All right. So, uh, what age uh, were you adopted at? So it all started at June 1st on my birthday, 1992, on the White Nights in Saint Petersburg, Russia. Um, the orphanage was counted for 1,200 plus kids. And that's how it all started when I met my birth parents. Um, my mother and dad were from Maine and they were trying to have kids and they couldn't. And there's an adoption agency that was saying, oh, by the way, um, there's kids that want to be adopted in Russia that they opened up. Would you want to go? And they were making these long distance phone calls in Hawaii International, which is now labeled the Family Tree Adoption Agency. And so um, they called there periodically and they said two weeks, two weeks. And then my mother, my mother was very annoyed and it was near her birthday, which was May 31st and still is. But um, she got tired of saying, two weeks, two weeks. And so she gunned down the CEO per se, or president of this Hawaiian international uh, program and said, if I'm not in Russia on my birthday, there's going to be a tornado. And so they said, all right, here's your tickets go. And <laughs> we, uh, I remember that day uh, when my parents showed up in that room in the orphanage, it was downstairs and in kind of the playground area where I used to be in most of the time. And uh, I remember seeing this lady with a bag and I went over there, crawled in her lap and said, mama, and started eating Hershey's chocolate and never had experienced Hershey's chocolate in Russia in the orphanage. And so I didn't know what to do. And I wiped chocolate on her chest and her shirt. And then my dad came back and said, Every time I'm leave, something happens. She's like, oh, I think we're done. And <laughs> that's how it all originated. And then my sister that was adopted as well was shortly after that. And then went to Maine is where they lived at. And then uh, my sister and I would speak Russian for almost two years in Maine because there was no Russians there at all and her and I grew a big bond a big trust bond and we really just started growing and learning about 
our cells and then um pretty much my dad lost a job and got the same exact job in maine and then moved to oregon so every move that we did was not small it was russia to maine maine to portland and then oregon was when everything started to turn getting comfortable with ourselves and being russians and adopted and that was the big turning point for my life because and my sisters but it was because like we found out we were adopted when we moved to maine at like 12 or 13 and i remember that it was a dinner time which is called supper for them in the east coast and uh, that's right supper time supper time and bringing those slangs over to east coast to west coast people are like what's pop you mean soda and so those are the small little things but uh i remember that dinner table they were like don't have any friends over or anything we're gonna have a family sit down and have supper i'm like okay and then you know at 12 they're like just so you guys know you guys are adopted from russia let us know if you have any questions and my sister and i would always be saying nope we don't have any questions and we go upstairs and we talk and <laughs> you know behind my parents back because we don't know we grew up together and then it was a great experience going to russia so that's interesting um you remember being adopted at a young age but I you didn't you, so but you didn't so by the time you you were told from your parents again did you already know or were you too young that you didn't understand what it meant at the time i was too young but okay um, but like i said when i hit the oregon um there was a deep culture already embedded in oregon that we did not know about and they have these old believers in woodburn oregon and that's when i realized my type of russian was not their type of russian so their old believers orthodox um the ones that wear you know the fancy shirts and the and the hats for the women when they're married and um that's when my sister and i were getting comfortable about being adopted until we meet these other Russians that said, Hey, by the way, you're not Russian. So it was almost like a civil war where we're more Russian than them. And they were saying that we weren't. And so we were really confused. We kind of quarreled a little bit. We didn't fit in. So then we're now in a culture shock again, saying, well, we're adopted and come to my mom and dad and saying, there's these Russians that say we're not Russian. And they're like, well, you're Russian. Just tell them that. But yeah, we're not getting into that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, how did that, um, these people that were saying that you're not Russian, were they, were they themselves originally from Russia? No. Oh, no, so they, 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 they were, they were migrated, their ancestry from migrated from deep South Russia to all the way to South America to here. Oh, and okay. Wow. So that's that's kind of odd. I mean, you'd think why why are you getting alienated by a group of people that are supposed to welcome you into their culture? And yeah. I'm sure and that wasn't pleasant. Russian to them too, because they say we'll speak something in Russian, and we did, and they wouldn't understand it because it was a different dialect. There's like seven different dialects of Russian, and they're like the ones that you know the broke a different type of Russian, and they're like let's just make our own language kind of barrier and. And so like 
we had a quarrels and we didn't fit in and now we are just alienated. So now we're trying to understand ourselves and what a Russian really is. Yeah. And, you know, so many people have uh, said the same thing. We were adopted from Russia. There's been debates about this over the years of, you know, how Russian really are you? And are you defined by where you're born or are you defined by who raised you? Are you defined by blood or are you defined by citizenship? And the debate will go on forever. But I think at least me personally, I think my belief is you are who you are. And if you associate, whether it's I'm more Russian or I'm more American, that's perfectly okay. And I think people need to accept that for what it is. People have no right telling you otherwise because they're not you. So <laughs> that's yeah, just yeah, my belief. But, but Not knowing or not knowing, but them saying that we're not Russian. I was like, well, I was born there. And they're like, I wasn't. But I'm just following my heritage roots. I was like, that's exactly it. I'm more Russian than you without even in acknowledging a word. But and then you would say the oh, Russian holidays, there's like 54 of them. And I'm like, what holiday is it today? You're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, honestly, you don't take pride in it. Yeah. Yeah. That must be frustrating, especially, you know, when you're still young and trying to figure it out to have that negative experience. I mean, I hope that negative experience didn't, you know, make you or your sister like never want to go back to Russia or anything. I'm, or well, did you, did, did that just honestly strengthen the bond of being more proud where you're from? It, it strengthened the bond for me and my sister and also my parents, because they both supported saying, well, you were born there. We got you there. We have evidence. We have your Russian passport, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, then they're like, well, let's take you to Russia so you can kind of flex a little bit. And so, uh, I was 13 years old in 2003, went to Russia with my family, and the biggest treasure was meeting the guy that made it all happen, which was Sasha, one of the male Sashas, which is a popular trend, and I was a Sasha as well, but um, meeting him for the first time was an absolute treasure and a, a worth trip because he, I don't remember him, but just having that connection with him in Russia and seeing my parents just, you know, meeting him again was a, a really good eye opener of like the connection of the Russians and Americans. And he voluntarily helped my parents adopt us, which made it huge. And he didn't work for an agency. He's a art a state art museum, you know, in St. Petersburg. And he just said, hey, I'll help these people adopt these two kids. And he's spent all this time and then um meeting him for the first time and giving a big hug and and then you know in a russian serious face he said okay you ready to see your orphanage i'm like yeah if it's still available and we drove and we took down the metro which is fancy word for the subway and it's beautiful subways by the way slash metros oh it's gorgeous cleanness play oh it's amazing yeah, yeah. it really yeah. kind of puts uh new york city and boston into shame like <laughs> yeah and it's just beautiful it's quiet you just read the faces for their stories of what they're going through and it, it's like a museum when you go down there and uh i got off the metro with my family and no no further than i don't know 25 steps i started smelling around me and I said, we're near the orphanage. And that guy, Sasha looked at me and he, in shock saying, you're absolutely right. How did you know? It's like the smell of the trees. 
And I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I was right. And uh, I went inside the orphanage and the rush of smell hit me and I had to step back and I was like, whoa, it was like having a flashback as a 12 year old. Was it so were you smelling the food, do you think? Well, smelling the trees and the trees. The yeah, it's it weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you were and how old you were 13 when you went back and yeah, so 13 so. and a half years not being there. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. I when I went back to Russia, so I was adopted much younger, <laughs> like uh, two. <laughs> so memories, not so much. But I will say when I went back and saw my orphanage uh, eight, eight years ago, when I was back in Russia, um, mm -hmm. I walked in and the first thing I smelled was like a soup or like a cabbage kind of soup. But it felt very it had a, like I felt kind of like that kind of like a home feeling like i didn't feel it was weird i felt comfortable there i didn't know anyone there but like you know i, I got to meet members of staff that remembered me and it was just it was a moment where that you know you don't forget those types of moments did they and, call you by your orphanage name when they ab oh absolutely yep yep yeah, same here they this old man just rushed up to me and was saying my russian name and in great spaz and zeal and everyone rushing over like I was a celebrity, like this is him. And I was like, oh man, I made, made a big impression. And I did though, because the orphanage that I was in, um, they only held the four-year-olds. And so I was gonna get transferred 75 miles to a different orphanage. And so I remember walking in and, you know, I had competition and so I'm trying to, you know, show charm and then this lady was in there and yeah, I just had a lot of charm trying to get out. <laughs> Wow, it's just crazy to think that you had, like you had to really bump yourself up to you're already looking out for yourself at such a young age being in the orphanage. Um, yeah. So, did you ever when you were in Russia? You did you see the tourist attractions? Did yeah. you um, you saw the orphanage? Obviously, um, did did you go? Did you find anything else while you were over there? Um, so the orphanage, the same guy that was over the moon seeing me for the second time after I was adopted, went to this tiny little closet door and I kid you not, stacks of papers from the ground to the ceiling of all paperwork. And he was saying to me in Russian, because Sasha was translating, he was there definitely saying, by the way, your paperwork's in here. I'm like, well, this is an open door. Literally, can I have it? And I was telling Sasha, hey, can we have it? And he translated that and he said no and i'm like what the heck i didn't argue it was with my parents and and i was also underage at the time but don't matter but the fact that like i was asking if i could have it since you know i have my parents here and they still would not give any material up and but seeing that closet slash cabinet of that was disappointing like why would you show me that yeah that doesn't yeah that must be that must have been very frustrating and just hurtful in some ways honestly that you're it feel like you're so close to something but they're not letting you yeah, they still want it. they're just still holding strong to their value of their culture right now um did the paperwork that you did get through your adoption did you get names of biological relatives did you like what information did you able were you able to obtain yourself or through your adoptive parents Pretty much just myself. Um, the Russian passport was my Americanized name that my parents gave me. Alexander Robert Smith is my 
um, Americanized, but the only thing that I know about my dad is his name was Boris because my la my middle name is Borisovich. And um, the only kicker about me for my parents and my orphanage was my mom wanted me in the system and not to be adopted. And that was the contract that she signed, I guess. And so Sasha had to track her down, find her, and to say, hey, I know that you signed a contract saying um, you don't want your kid to be adopted. Somebody wants them. Do you, are you okay with uh, this kid being adopted? And she said, yes. And then she had to sign another paperwork saying that my parents wanted to sign for her because they were hearing horror stories about adoptions where they adopt a kid and then the mothers want to find their kids. And then once they find it, they have legal actions that take their kids away from them. So she had to sign the paperwork that she couldn't take me away from these people that want to adopt me as well. Wow. That's, that's interesting because I, I, you know, I've never, I've never had someone that I talked to before adopted from Russia with that same experience of having the birth mother having to sign additional paperwork. Usually the best documents we get is a piece of paper written by your birth mom, like on a, like a scratch pad that says, I can't afford to keep this child. And they signed their name. And that's literally all I had. Um, and I mean, it, so, hmm. So now you got that information and you had lim limited access to that. Um, how long was your trip in Russia for? Uh, almost six weeks total for the adoption. That's including uh, also adopting my sister, but there was a lot of hiccups because they said, come back in six months to get her. And of course, money under the table, right. saying we're not going to have that happen. But that was just the legal the documentation they wanted. So they made sure that didn't happen and they're not going to make two trips to Russia to adopt two kids. And right. So when you went uh when you went back with your adoptive uh parents back to russia um how long was your stay there for i think five weeks it was just a little over a month wow um, made the most out of it which was awesome we spent most of the time in saint petersburg um and they were white nights when we went there so around three thirty, four o'clock it kind of get like a dusk out but it wouldn't get dark so it was a big change, you know, 11 hour difference. And, um, but my sister and I, I remember it was like 4am and I said to my sister, Hey, do you want to go walk around the streets without mom and dad knowing? Cause it was this, a pretty good straight stretch where we could just walk straight out of the street and come back. And, um, like at four 30 in the morning, my sister and I, we walked around cause my parents are sleepers. So we're like, we'll be okay. And we were, just embracing the culture by ourselves and the smell and the sound and old people with homemade brooms, you know, cleaning the streets and taking pride in their country. And then we took a train to Moscow and that was a whole 360 spin again. Like when we went to Maine to Oregon, it was people didn't weren't proud to be Russians in Moscow and it was very expensive, greedy and it's kind of like Vegas, three days, two nights, no more, no longer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
but we yeah. got to see the changing of the guards in Moscow. We got to see, you know, Red Square. We got to walk inside of the cathedral in there, which the steps are very big and beautiful inside and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I went, I, I went in there too. It's kind of funny how it starts. You walk in, you're like, oh, this is so authentic. You know, this is beautiful. You go around and back. They have a little flat screen TV. You're like, wait, that's that's not right. <laughs> And then the underground mall was really cool in Moscow. I like that a lot. Yeah. Did you get the free ice cream at the Goom? Nope, I did not. Ah. Odd, but we're like, eh, it's fine. We just did, just embraced it all, and it was. But it felt home. My sister and I both said we felt home, even though with the time change. But it was really cool walking in, you know, in public with them because my parents look American, and Russians can point out Americans and Russians and. Um, there was yeah. only one incident where when we were there, we were, my dad wanted to go to a, a train museum and they took us to two, we took two different cars and we went to two different museums. And that's when my mom and my sister went together my dad and I went together and completely lost in Russia without both of us as a family at this place and not having cell phones. And that was, uh. That was a fun experience to remain calm and my dad was losing it and i was like dad it's okay we're let's just go back to the hotel we spent two and a half hours and my sister and mom were already in the hotel room because they had the hotel key and they're showing the taxi driver to take us there and they did and that was one scary incident but i felt pretty calm because that's what they would have done if they got lost right that. right so wow so um what was your what would you say your highlight of that experience was and what was the lowest of that trip uh seeing peterhoff because that was the guy that was just fascinated with fountains and so there was a bunch of gold fountains everywhere and stuff and it was a um this time after that lost incident separation we were like i don't care if we have to pay extra we're going to be as a family in one car but it, <laughs> uh it was probably like an hour and a half to two hour drive to this Peterhof, which is by the by the water and uh it was gorgeous gorgeous and fun but then when i came back and then you see these russian dash cams i can't believe that we survived these treacherous roads going to somewhere like that so that was like one of the times like oh it was a fun drive and then realized modern days like man that was a long drive we anything could have happened we would have in a car crash or anything because there was no speed signs or any of that so that was one of the highlights yep. of beauty and not a lot of tourists go because it's authentic and it's also a long drive out of nowhere that you don't know where you're going because russians don't really know a lot of english you can they can tell that you're out of the country and they're going to do the best they can and you're trusting like uber drivers people like that to take you somewhere and yeah the trust thing is huge russians trust each other they're going to support each other and it was good that my sister and i were there because we look russian and we're and they're like all right we're going to help these people and they're not they're not going to try to like use you or anything but it's just that trust issue and blanket right uh, yeah one thing i noticed in russia going back is they are very hospitable people as soon yeah. as they find out you're there for like a really good reason and a purpose they're going to go out of their way to make your trip more enjoyable i mean 
I was so when I was going to Smolensk, that's where I'm from. It was a train ride four hour from Moscow to Smolensk. I was with my adoptive mother, and there was a part where we were just the two of us sitting in the little coupe of the train, and there was just two other Russians in there, and they were just fascinated by us because they were listening to us t- speak English the whole time, right? So they were just yeah. staring at us like what? And then uh, we were going digging through our bag, and uh, I pulled out my American passport, and then I pulled out my Russian passport, and they're just like looking at each other like who is this person? And uh, there's this one moment where I was over by the balcony of the, you know, outside the little compartment, just watching the countryside go by. It's just so gorgeous. And um, mm. one, of the, one of the guys from the coupe came up and joined me and he just came right next to me and he asked, you know, what's your name? You know, basic phrases that I knew. I'm like, you know, I told him who I was and, oh, I got, you know, Simya, you know, family in Smolensk. And he's just like, oh, he's like, oh, you're from Smolensk. I'm like, mm-hmm. He's, and immediately within five minutes, he ordered like the entire breakfast cart. Like we were having tea, anything I wanted. It, it, it was amazing. Like they're just there to help you. And they, it's, it's a nice feeling um, that, you know, your, your typical Russian will be very graceful to other russians because you know that's just who they are as people and I, I i remind people these days you know with all the other political crap going on it's not the russian people it's the governments they have disagreements but the russian your average russian is a nice person just like most people around the world genuinely want to be nice to each other um but anyway back to you back to your story so um most, def- we went to the heritage yeah and- um, Sasha had to go to work, and so he invited his good army friend to take us, and his name was Pasha, and him and my sister Nastia got along so well, and it was a good feeling, and my parents loved it, and we felt comfortable with him, even though he was new, but he uh, took very good pride of us and loved us, and I remember when he... Um, when we left St. Petersburg to Moscow, he was crying. And even though it was like three days and we quit him, we told him to quit smoking because it was bad. And so we got him a whole pack of gum. And um, it was just the, that small connection that they take pride in each other. And even though it wasn't very long, he, you know, took heart to like, these people are good people. And we met his family and they we did a huge goodbye token, not knowing them. And it's very disrespectful not taking any donations or a gift and we're like no we can't do that because he offered his army statue of a arm sleeve his hat and i was like well, we can't take that you need that and it was just a really powerful moment and the crying and stuff and so we had to embrace it and like all right as long as you're okay with it but we didn't want to but it was just a nice feeling of like comfort and just good russian people yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the hospitality, I tell you. So, yeah. So when you get back to the U.S. after this trip, mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about integrating back in, again. You know, you're integrating again, which seems like the fourth time we're going around the circle. But we're back in the U.S. now. Um, your post thoughts about the trip. You had, you know, a couple months to ponder and think about it. What are your memories? What are you thinking? What do you miss? I just missed how everyone treated you equal per se, uh, how clean and pride that everyone takes, you know, the American flag is the American pride for being American. And then Russian is just cleanness, open arms. Um, and like, even though there was a t- huge time zone, it's just the weather too was really 
pleasant. Um, you just don't get the European welcoming that you do in America because they're influenced with a whole bunch of news and stuff and Russia wasn't into that. Um, we, my sister and I, we showed all our friends, we bought some Russian music CDs and showed all our friends and we showed them this one hit wonder from Numa Numa from Ozone, which was huge in the United States too. The Numa Numa song. Right. And yep. Yep. And they're like, Oh, you saw that? That's just now now. And so there was like a probably a two month delay and they're like, Yeah, we know about that way before you guys did. And um it it's Romanian, but it's not Russian. But um it was a big uh like boost of us, like what we know more before the Americans do. And uh you know, showing our friends the culture of Russia, you know, embrace them saying these guys are really Russian compared to these old believers. And so we kind of like formed a, a bigger supporting platform of saying, hey, you need to stop saying that they're not Russian, they're more Russian than you. And so it still felt good, but we still felt my sister and I felt isolated saying, I don't know if this is the Russians that we need to be near around. So but it still felt good having that support platform and, and that i don't know evidence of that we're really russian and we supported it all right yeah no i absolutely um it must feel good to at least you had the experience and it almost reaffirmed that you know what you are calling yourself it you know hey i'm, I'm not crazy this is who i am <laughs> you know um so now that you know you're figuring that out um have you ever thought about wanting to go back again do you take do you do you keep in touch with anyone over there right now i just keep touch with um sasha here and there very carefully uh, i know that he's monitored so we can't mention a couple things and um he's very selective of what he says and when he can see it because they have to but sasha's the only like backhold spine of the original connection we had as a family and him but i tried messaging him the other day and he read it but he won't respond back so that's the only connection i have that i hold dear um with your facebook group support i met um another russian adoptee that was in my same orphanage masha right yep she she mentioned that yeah yeah and so that all happened when it was like after high school and um, my sister said, hey, by the way, this girl supposedly is from your orphanage. I'm going to give you her number and you guys can talk. And we talked, had a connection. It it was legit and everything. So it's like, all right. And we have a really good connection still. And she got to meet my sister in D.C. when she was getting her Russian passport. So that was a really cool connection and um, that triangle effect has been stronger than ever. And I was skeptical at first. And then um, my sister was a diehard wanting, we talked, you know, about, do you want to find your parents? And I was like, no, not really. And she's like, well, I want to. I'm like, all right, will you do that? And then I remember getting the text message from my sister saying, I'm always going to love you. You're always going to be my main brother, but I found my real brother. I was like, oh, okay. He's in Sochi, Russia. That's nice. And then she, of course, the before the COVID, she was planning to go out there to meet him. And um, 
didn't happen, but she still keeps in contact with him. I don't have any family that I know about, but I don't care to because I'm happy for my second life that I got. Beauty hides in the deep and I'm gonna treasure getting picked from the Americans from East Coast. Right. Now, do you, so East Coast uh, in Maine, Where whereabouts in Maine did you live? Windsor, Maine, which is a, like 20 minutes from Augusta, which is the capital. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, I just say that just because, you know, I'm right next to Maine and I vacation there a lot. Uh, okay. Ogunquit, beautiful. Wells, beautiful. Portland, uh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah. So when you got that message um, from your sister about that, were you, ha I mean, you say you were happy for her, but there was probably some bit that you felt maybe, maybe were you saddened or... I, mean, I really you... wanted to go with her if I could just to support her and also just, you know, I, her and I talk, we're extremely close and we joke around saying, I don't think we'd be this close if we were blood related, but, um, you know, like we were planning it out when she was going to go and I was like, all right, I'll try to get those days off and go with you just because one, I, I'd love to go back, but also I'm not alone. I would not want to do a solo trip alone. Right. Um, did you, are you up to date with uh, you know current passport uh, requirements? Yeah, I am not. She is okay. So you'd have to get the. I'm not interested in knowing anything. I want to. If anything, I just want a picture. I don't want to meet or see uh, in visual. I just want to or in like in you and I talking. I want to just have a picture. Right. Right. Well, that's understandable. I mean, like I said, everyone's different, and some want to, some don't, and you know. You got to respect their decisions. But um, so now that the trip obviously was postponed and with the current situation, um, do you think your sister's going time, going anytime soon or waiting a little bit? Yeah. Okay. But when she goes, are you still going to want to go with her? I would like to go with her. Yeah, time. that's great. Um, how do you, uh, so I guess maybe this question's from maybe your sister will answer this one day. Um, what did your adoptive parents have to say when she found these connections in Russia? Were they surprised, shocked, happy for her? Didn't really, you know, how did that kind of happen? So they were happy for sure. Um, but the uh, thing they wanted to know was, let's do a DNA test. What, you got to make sure we're going to love you no matter what, but we want a DNA test just to make sure and, um they did a dna test and it, it did show um affirmative so they were relieved because they, they were skeptical saying we'll just make sure it's great we'll love you and and they're not going to change or say oh okay well are you saying you want to go back to russia no that's not what they did they just said just make sure just to back that information up right and, either, and they never did come to me and say hey do you want to find your birth parents and I, are you okay with that or I just grew to accept it and it's just not like a strong value that I wanted to know or, or I can't live my life. I just, I'm happy with my second life being adopted. I'm, I'm better than I was before I was adopted. So, well, it sounds like you're really embracing the second chance. Um, yeah. Definitely. Sure. Um, that's, 
that's amazing. You know, that's that's really cool that you had your sister there though as a support kind of the whole time. It must have bonded you guys forever in the good and the bad ways, I'm I'm sure, but <laughs> mostly good. Um so when you're about adoption in general, you know, when did you know before you were told that you were adopted? Did you have a sense or did it really finally make sense once your parents told you that night? Yeah, I had a I had a sense from my friends in Oregon because they all said, well, you're nothing like your dad, you're nothing like your mom. I was like, well, that's kind of adopted. And then like, eh. yeah. And then there's a couple of cases where I have my dad's jawline or something, but um, my, my my dad's six, four, my mom is five feet. I'm five, seven. So I have the in-between chemical uh, gene for that. So uh, I can see that, but I've only been spoken Russian to like, maybe three times in my event, just outside the realm where I was shopping and someone spoke Russian to me and I kind of like let them talk their spiel and I'll say nothing <laughs> and say, well, what makes you think I was Russian? And they just said that I had a Russian nose. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. <laughs> um... So apparently, but that made me remind myself saying, hey, I have a Russian characteristic. Because I didn't know this girl, and she started speaking Russian to me, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, you know, you kind of just have to go with it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, did you, So, did you ever meet any other uh, people adopted, maybe not just from Russia, but adopted from other countries, or the foster care, or anyone adopted in your area at all, or? Um, I met at work i met a lady that was adopted and i said i was adopted but she was adopted from the states and she said that she's going to find her real she found her real dad and she lived like an hour away and really small world but i used to bowl with this older couple and remember hearing the story of this guy saying yeah i let this daughter go and then uh she went to go meet her dad and she texts me saying, by the way, you've been really good friends with my dad. I'm like, what? No way. Your real dad? And it was the guy that I was bowling with. Oh, geez. And I'm like, wow. wow. And then he was, because uh, he was saying that he gave up for adoption. And I said, yeah, I'm adopted. And yeah, it was just a small, small world. So I'm like, wow, I knew your dad before you knew him himself. That's crazy. And so um that was my first time experience a adoptee per se but united states version versus russia and it, yeah it was really small world mind blown like no way so yeah, and she, yeah. And she, i was like well how do you feel she's like oh i loved him i i didn't have any regrets with him you know giving me up for adoption and i'm like that's good and uh she was she just grew to accept it and forgive him which is beautiful because he had because I remember talking to him before I met her was he had that regret saying, I wish I didn't, but I had to do what I had to do. And he's now very happy with finding, she found him per se, but he's very happy that they're connected again. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's positive and it helps yeah. them, that's, that's what's important. Yeah. Um, so you're still, you know, I, I assume maybe, okay, maybe not, the best to always assume but you have a good relationship it sounds like with your adoptive parents i do yeah. good so i you know how often would you guys 
talk about adoption growing up or now that you're older um is it still talked about sometimes like say they see russia in the news your dad picks up the phone and calls you and wants to talk about it <laughs> no he, he doesn't do that but um i just you know once in a while like this last thursday of last week i called him and i've been listening to your podcast and stuff and i just always say thanks for you know putting that effort and time adopting me in that trial and error and i'm really thankful and they're like yeah we loved you and you had that charm and you turned out to be a great kid we're proud of you and it was just a good reassurance feeling and like a normal mother and dad and relationship so yeah that's dad, great i'm it's very all close yeah <laughs> i'm very close with my whole family which was weird too because um we were having supper and we had this knock on the door and it was this lady and she's like hey sorry to bother you but we found you saying that you had a successful russian adoption experience and she wanted to interview us with a tape recorder to put us into an adoption book of successful russians adoptions and so my sister and i signed a waiver and we set our spiel and now that I think about it, I don't even know what the name of the book was, who the company was. It was just so, okay, we'll do it. And we told our spiel for what it was like being in the orphanage and everything. And it was yeah. just, I think that someone found us and heard about it. Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, wow. They, they, I'm trying to think how they came across that maybe. Well, they, my parents were in disbelief and shock too because yeah. – pretty selective and private so but that was the one time that my parents sat us to the side saying you do not have to do this you do not have to tell your story you don't have to do this and i remember that wow well i mean hey maybe maybe one day you'll figure out what book you're actually in <laughs> um that's 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 incredible so when has your thoughts about adoption in general changed throughout the years or would you say you're, you know, I can tell you're very grateful of it. You're proud of being adopted from a country with a lot of core values and a, a very strong, rich culture and history. Um, say you were giving, uh, you know, a speech about adoption. Would you be very, you know, pro-adoption? You support it. You're very proud of it. Um, I guess what would your message be about adoption to the public from your own words? So... I would just listen to your heart just it's a big it's a big step in life you know listen to your heart which is dmt which sings it and it's it's a big process but it, it's different in international too but international is a little bit bigger but just listen to what you feel is right do what you feel is right if you're going to search for your parents like my sister did do it on the right terms in your right mindset, expecting what to expect. And then, you know, don't sell yourself short on a dime. And I wouldn't, like, I, I'd be carefully optimistic, like, you're not going to find anything. But if you don't, then it is what it is.
Right. Yeah, no, sometimes you have to tell people going into searches is, you know, look, it's sometimes a very slim chance you're going to get anything. And some people can't live with that for the rest of their lives, knowing that they just there are some people that like, will bury themselves, unfortunately, into this hole for their whole life. And to get out of it, it's just hard to watch some people do that. But I think that, you know, a support structure in place that people understand adoption are around you. That definitely benefits. You're lucky you have your sister. Lucky that your parents are very supportive people and can, you can talk to them about anything. That's always a awesome thing to do. You know, I mean, it's it's really a blessing in a lot of ways. And the reason why we're doing, you know, a podcast about it is we're trying to make the public more aware that adopted people aren't as different as they think we are. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many like requests over the last 10 years I'd get from some student writing a college paper and about adopted of you know being adopted affects this in your body or this mental health reason and it's just like okay like you I know don't have that excuse being adopted is why i'm single for life or i can't have a relationship <laughs> well, at least you find humor out of that um well i mean <laughs> that's a good one i like that um so your message is positive and that's really good to hear um if you if say you you know, I do have one last question for you. Um, oh. For anyone that did try to look into their family and they were unsuccessful in finding their roots, or say they don't want to find anything about their past, they, they, they don't care about Russia, they want nothing to do with it, they want to walk away. Um, would that annoy you at all? Or is that, are, are you going to go back to your original philosophy? You know, it's their choice and you do what's right. Yeah, it's their choice, but like if you can't find your real family, you have a secondary family that actually took the time and energy to get you, accept that and and acknowledge that. Like say thank you to them and don't be like have regret saying I wish you didn't adopt me or um, just be thankful and then if you can have a close family friend that you know you trust with your your life, grow that to your family and root out from there, but I definitely would not hold any grudges, even if you don't feel Russian anymore or American and you want to, you do what you want to do. Just do what's feel is right for you. Just be careful how you execute it because you can't hurt people, but I would take pride in anyone that actually uprooted you and took care of you. That's beautiful. Well said. Um, we'll take this last opportunity. I'll leave it with you for a minute or two. If there's any final uh, words of wisdom or anything you'd like to portray on to the people that are going to listen to this podcast. What's, what's the takeaway? What do you want them to think about at the end of this? Just don't sell yourself short. Um, beauty hides in the deep. I was in the deep in Russia and somebody found a treasure out of me and I held dear to that. And I'm never going to let that go. That value only goes up with family. And like they say, family is everything. And once that's gone, then you just have your pearl to shine and you want to replicate that, have everyone see it. That's that's awesome. You, have you ever thought about writing a book? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you should. At least in my second language, I still struggle with the day-to-day -day text messages. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I, <laughs> I do too. Well, anyway, it's been a pleasure with you tonight, Alex. Thanks so much for coming on, sharing your story being so open about it, you're going to help a lot of people. 
Um, and you're always welcome back anytime. Any any major updates in your life you want to talk about, you know where to find us. And okay. it's, been a, it's been a real pleasure having you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you again so much, everyone. That was Alex Smith out in Oregon. Uh, we will be posting a follow-up about his story along with this episode on voiceofadoptees.com. We're on all the major podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be releasing it next Wednesday and every Wednesday after that for a new episode. Thanks for stopping by and tuning in. Have a great evening. And remember, Voice of Adoptees, who am I? Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.